really mean it. Swag out this world, you should call me Venus. That's my sister, my name is Serena. On the court, I serve them up, no subpoena. Wait a minute now. Hey, hey. Wait I'll a minute now. Tennis racket, thumped up that. Okay, I gotta work on my rap game. I mean, really, we've been doing it for what? Weeks now, you should have it down. Whatever, I'm not Serena Jamaica Williams. Neither am I. Uh, but I am AJ, and, and we I, are back. And I'm Michael, and yeah, we're back. This is another episode of Serving It Up, the tennis podcast where we talk about tennis and what happened in the week and there on and so forth. What's happening in the week, what's coming up, so we are here to give you that light. But first, just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. By the time you guys hear this, it won't be Mother's Day anymore, but we are recording on Mother's Day, so... Shout out to all the mothers and happy Mother's Day to my mom who is down in Atlanta with the family. I hate that I couldn't be there. Um, but yes, they sent me a family photo, so I was a little bit jealous <laughs> that everybody's together. Hmm. Yeah, happy Mother's Day, everybody. I guess um, to any of the you know, moms listening or people who have moms listening, which will be everybody. So happy Mother's Day to all you guys. So now, back to the show. I feel like we haven't done this in forever. I don't know. I've kind of been like anticipating this episode. Like, just to get back to doing it, I kind yeah. of missed it. Um, so I'm ready for, to put my two cents in. We just um, did an episode last week, boy. I know, but I feel like it's, I guess because this look, adulting, gets in the way of life sometimes. And it makes you feel like days are just dragging on. It's been a very crazy week for me. Um, I have been going, going, going. So this weekend, I've actually been, like, sleeping, catching up. I actually caught some kind of virus, which, like, zapped all of my energy. Um, so I'm still recovering. But I'm just ready. I was just ready for this episode. I don't know why I'm just excited if I just wanted to do it. Um, so, yes, I'm looking forward to this episode. Well, good, then. We got some good stuff to talk about. So it is kind of a good episode um, to, you know, be excited about. There, is, there was kind of a lot that happened this past week, sort of. Um, so yeah, let's get into it, and uh, we'll start off this episode with my favorite segment. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? I think I do a better job of Portia. Who said that? Yeah, that's really good. I can't get up that high, but I know it's good. <laughs> what? Who said hey. that? That's candy. candy. <laughs> that was my candy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who said that? I can't squeak like she does, but it's just like you got you got candy. So this week you got candy, I got Porsche. Like, right? Who's who else is in there? Uh, doesn't Kenya have one? Can, yeah, Kenya said it, but those two were the funniest. Yeah, um, yeah. I will forever do the. Who said that? That's so funny. What? Who said that? <laughs> That's how we're doing it from now on. <laughs> That's too funny. Speaking of candy, oh, just real okay. quick, shout out for being a boss. I don't know if you heard, but Candy's actually doing, like, a version of Real Houses of Atlanta, but on WeTV. And guess who's her starring person? Who? Marlo. She's creating her... She's creating competition for the show that she's on. Look, and she's still going to be on that show. She's already re-signed her contract date, and she's getting her coins off of Housewives, but she's creating a somewhat similar show. Like, I forgot the name of the show... Let me Google it while we're talking and see if I can find it. But it's similar, going to be similar to um, Houses of Atlanta. But then Marlo is a star person on that show. Well, Marlo is nothing but entertainment. So that's a yes, very smart decision. It's, 
Thank you. I don't know. What, well, I mean, I guess if the milk giving you the cow giving you the milk for free, then take it. Because I don't know why they haven't given Marlo a peach yet. Um, but yeah, so Candy know how to make these coins. Yeah, she definitely does. That's one thing. She um, no, T Candy's very talented actually, and, and she is definitely a boss. So that's I'll be, uh, it's I'll called the show is called Hot Atlanta. And the show will focus on cast members in Atlanta with storylines that are similar to the ones featured on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And Marlo is going to be one of the starring ladies. Hmm. I can't be mad at it. Can't be mad at it. That'll be good to watch. Uh, I wonder what Bravo has to say about that. Andy ain't got nothing to say because Andy don't want to lose Candy. I guess. But apparently, Porsche, apparently Marlo will no longer be on Housewives because she will be doing this. Yeah, I would think not. I don't think you could do both. It's like direct competition. It's the, pretty yeah. much the same exact show. So shout out to Candy, who's <clears> going <throat> to be executing, executive producing, and shout out to Marlo. So I just wanted to, that I just thought of that when we were talking about Candy. Yeah. Who said that? 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 Okay, so let's see if I get it. Go All ahead. All right, here we go. Oh, sorry guys, that was gross. I'm six. I apologize. <laughs> We both we both a little sick. <laughs> so I'm sorry and I don't know how to edit that out, so you'll have to hear it. Um <laughs> I mean it just is what it is. Okay, so okay, who said this? Today I lost the match. It was not my day, but that is part of the sport. So I can't go back to my hotel and think that I have to do a lot of things different to prepare for the next events because that wouldn't be smart. Hmm. Can I ask any leading questions? You can answer one question. Is it a man or a woman? It's a man. Rafael Nadal. Yep. I knew it. Even yeah. before asking him, I was like, that sounds like Nadal. Yeah, that's what Nadal said uh, when he lost this week against a uh, team. That was one of the quotes he gave. I just thought it was funny. It's like, it was. It just kind of gives you an insight into his mind. Said he's just going to carry on as, as usual. He's like, I'm not changing anything. Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> right. I think I've been doing I mean, this pretty well. <laughs> I had one loss. Did you realize that I had one fifty straight sets in a row on Clay? So right. Yeah. So that kind of gets us started into this week. Um, I guess I don't know. This will probably be the biggest story of the week, right? Uh, that Nadal was beaten on Clay finally. I mean, yeah, it's a big. It's always a big deal when Nadal loses on Clay. Um, but it's happened um before numerous times, just not a lot. Um. But team beat him in the quarters in straight sets, seven five six three. Um, part of me wonders if it's a mix of Nadal, like the matches finally catching up to him, because he had won Monte Carlo and Madrid. I mean Monte Carlo. Well, he won his Fed Cup matches. Fed Cup. Davis, sorry y'all. Davis Cup matches. Then he won Monte Carlo. Then he won Barcelona. And now he was playing Madrid. And he'd won all those matches in straight sets. So I feel like his body just caught up to him. But no disrespect to team. Because team is... I've said this before. I think team is going to be the next dominant clay court player once Nadal retires. Um, he did the same thing last year. Nadal lost one match during the whole clay court season. Who did he lose to? He lost a team. Um, so I think team is like... If you can just please retire, I would appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so shout out to team for that was a clutch match for him. Yeah, Nadal loses his number one ranking because of the loss and goes back to Federer, who's not playing at all. And 
think this is another perfect example of that something is wrong with the ranking system. Uh, but Federer will be number one. Federer in place is marching back to number one. Right. It doesn't have to do anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's shock. It's not shocking, but it's like it's a story because it's Nadal and he's been on this streak and it's like he's the king of clay. So anytime anybody beats him, uh, it's going to be a big deal, especially on clay. But I don't think this is any type of, you know, uh, uh, worry for him moving into the French. He will still be the favorite and he probably will still win. Probably. And then the thing is, just just for Nadal's sake, I guess, Madrid has always been the hardest one out of all the Clayco tournaments for him to win because of the altitude. So apparently because the tournament, the altitude is so high, the ball flies through the air faster and, of course, a little slicker. Um, so out of, like, Monte Carlo, Madrid, Rome, Barcelona, the French Open, all of those major Clayco tournaments, he's won Madrid the least. Um, so this is always going to be the toughest one. Like, he didn't win it last. Did he win it last year? He did no, win it last just, year. No, you just said he lost the team, didn't you? No, no, no. He lost a match to team last year, but he actually did win Madrid last year. He Last year, he actually beat team in the final of Madrid. Um, team beat him in Rome. Um, so Madrid is the hardest one for him to win because of the altitude. So, I mean, that maybe played a part in it as well. Yeah, but like I said, no, no, no hair off of his chest, I'm sure. He's not going to try to re do his strategy moving forward it'll just be the same and i think that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we'll start getting worried when he started losing like consecutive clay court matches he'll probably come back and who knows win roman and win roland garros and we'll forget about this loss but it's always a big deal when he have whenever he loses on clay but i love his attitude he's not stressed about it he's just like i'm ready for rome all i'm thinking about is rome it is what it is right yeah and then uh also another uh, it's kind of like there's been a pattern, I guess, We talk if when we talk about this. It's like, oh, Nadal does this. And then it's like, oh, but this happened to Djokovic. Uh, Djokovic had an encouraging win, uh, also a pattern, uh, in the first round against, I want to say, Nishikori. Nishikori. Right, against Nishikori. And everybody was like, oh, well, this is good, promising. You know, he's going to move forward, and, and this might be a sign of a resurgence. And then the next round, he lost to Kyle Edmund, which... Isn't he like a giant? Uh, <laughs> so I don't. It's like that's not. I mean, that ain't nothing to hang your head at, I guess. But for the Djokovic standards, I suppose it is. I mean, like I said, I've been saying it every week, and I'm gonna keep saying it until he gets it together. I'm really surprised that he, it's taken him so long to get it back. Um, the win over Nishikori was a big win for him. I mean, but also Nishikori's Nishikori's also in his own comeback trail because I like Nishikori's at the level where he normally is. But I'm just still so surprised he's struggling so much to get it back. I mean, I'm not like super shocked because it's all about confidence. It's very clear that he doesn't isn't his confidence. So it's like I don't know what's gonna have to happen for him to get that back because he keeps losing. I mean, the obvious answer is to win win matches, but it's like I feel like maybe something else needs to happen. Maybe he needs to step away for a second so he can kind of like reset. And then come back into it. But he keeps talking positively after, you know, these losses. And he seems like he's dedicated to trying to figure it out. So I guess that's good. Um, Yeah, it is surprising, I guess. I mean, I think, I don't know, I think he just enjoys playing and trying to figure it out. Um, So I don't think he's going to step away. He probably did come back too early. 
because when he came back originally, his elbow so wasn't fully healed. Um, but I think he probably was inspired by Nadal and Federer's success that he thought he could do it. And I think not coming back fully healthy is now messed with his psyche. So his head's not where his body was. But I think now his not now that his body is fine, his head is still kind of all over the place. Um, I see him kind of figuring it out by the and becoming a factor by the hardcore season. Um, I think he has a couple more tough losses to go through before really getting back on the grind. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Hardcore is his best surface, right? I mean, that's where he dominates the most. So I'm sure that'll confidence while just being on that surface will make him feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both were talking about how we want him to do well. I wouldn't even like him. I know. But... I was thinking that earlier. I was like, I'm not going to start feeling bad for him. <laughs> no, because I'm not even a Djokovic fan. I'm mm. just surprised. So, yeah. Another another tough loss for him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, What else happened then? I mean, I guess the winner. Well, I guess. At, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me again, guys. After the team won, I guess everybody was kind of marking him. To, after he beaten it out, I mean, everybody was kind of marking him to go through and take the title. But uh, somebody else had something to say about that. Uh, my favorite uh, person in his name. So fun to say. Sausage Zavirov. You'll always be sausage. Sausage, yes. Um was able to stop team from winning uh, with a 6-4, 6-4 win over him in the final. Uh, and that's, now that's Zver's third Masters 1000. He won <laughs> Rome last year and uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati? I think so. Roman, no. Toronto. He won Roman Toronto last year, and now he has Madrid, which is dope. And the crazy thing is he's 21, and of active players to have won three matches 1,000, the only other ones are Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Well, obviously Murray. Murray's like like out on still injury leave. So it's crazy to think like his. that's how much the big four have been dominating those matches 1,000, that he is the only other person to have won three or more matches 1,000 titles. Yeah, that is a, a insane stat. Like... When you think about that, means that the big four have just had a stranglehold on anything that mattered, pretty much, in yes. men's tennis. That's kind of crazy. You think of all the top players, like, you think of Warinka, <laughs> Chilich, Del Potro, like, all these big guys who've been consistently around, the fact that none of them have won three, but, yeah. so, it's, it bodes well for Zverev, but then he he can't seem to find a way to turn that success into the slams. Like, he still has not made it to the quarterfinals of any slam. Um, so I'm very interested to see what he does at the French Open because he has sucked at slams. And then Team, who ended up losing, um, he's done well. He's been in the semis of the French Open the past two years. Um, so let, we'll, I think Team, he was, he was a little older. He's 25. Um, I think... I would be interested to see this year if he can go all the way. Like, I I kind of want to bet my money on him and maybe have seen Nadal, like, not win the French. So, I don't know, because I really like team's game on, gra- on clay. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he would definitely obviously be one of the favorites to try to win as well. I want Nadal to win just because I like Nadal, and I don't have any reason to root against him. 
Um, but if he doesn't win, I won't be upset and would be happy for whoever can take home a, a Grand Slam. I mean, it would be nice, I guess, to have a change, a different face to hold it up. It's been so rare uh, that we've seen anybody other than him win the title. So it'll be interesting to see. He's won it 10 times in the last 13 years. Yeah. So. So. And real quick on the men's side, shout out to the Bryan brothers. They lost in the finals because one of the Bryans got injured. But they've been in a ridiculous run. Um, finals of this tournament before Indian Wells. And then the finals of Indian Wells. And then they won Miami. And then they won Monte Carlo. And then they were in the finals of Madrid. Um, so. Shout out to them. Um, had they won this match, they would have got back to number one in the world in doubles and been the oldest um, number one doubles player, oldest in general in anything. Um, so I think they'll, they'll eventually get back to that since they're so close. But that's dope that these guys are over 40. They've only played with each other. Um, they've won over 100 doubles titles, won so many doubles grand slam, and they're still going at it. So I just wanted to give them a quick shout out because I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, they don't seem to be showing any signs of uh, stopping. And that's awesome for us, for American tennis at, at least, because they're like really the only light on the uh, double, on the men's double side. Just kind of like Venus and Serena, I guess, for us. But we have like, but Way plays like doubles wide and she's successful. And so I feel like the women have a couple more people who play doubles, but the Bryan brothers are pretty much it for the men. Yeah. So it's good to see them keep on going. So to to piggyback off of that, because I feel in my bones that you are not aware of this. So you know how you say like on the men's side. If you do, if you do, great. If you don't, I think you'll be a little shocked. Uh, so you know you just said like the Bryan brothers, like that's who we have on the men's side. And the women's side, we have the Williams sisters. They've been pretty dominant when they do play. Um, and Serena had a, there was an interview or something where she said that there, there's definitely. Um, going to be more doubles in the future she sees that happening with her sister obviously they want to definitely play for the olympics but did you realize that well you know serena pulled out of rome but you know venus is still playing rome right uh-huh so venus is playing rome she's a number eight seed she gets a buy into the second round but do you also know that venus is also in the doubles draw to play with who she's playing with madison keys that's interesting that I knew, I felt like you didn't know because you hadn't mentioned it, but yes, Venus Williams is in the doubles draw at with Rome, and she's playing alongside Madison Keys. They play the number six seed in the first round. This will be the first time ever that Venus has played a WTA tournament, not Fed Cup, not Olympics, a WTA tournament with anybody other than Serena Williams. I am excited to see what's going to happen. I don't. I wonder what the motivation for this is. That's really I'm, interesting. I am pretty sure I know the motivation. Venus needs matches. She hasn't played. She didn't play for two months after Miami, and then she lost in the first round at um, Madrid. Um, maybe she feels like her game is not where it needs to be, and she's not confident. She's gonna get a bunch of matches, so she wanted to play doubles. Serena's not ready to come back to the tour yet. I'm very surprised because Venus has, Venus has been the one that's always been like, I'm not playing with anybody but Serena. Like, Serena's kind of been that way too. But if you remember back in 2002, Serena has played and won a double title with somebody other than Venus. Back in 2002, Alexandra Stevenson, you know, she was 
she was struggling and she wanted to play a tournament with one of the sisters. And Serena said, okay. So Serena went to, I want to say Beijing or one of those tournaments in Asia. And Stevenson asked to play with Serena. Serena said, yes. They actually played doubles together and they won. So if you ever look at Serena's doubles record, she has one more title than Venus because of that time she played with Stevenson. Now that was the only time Serena's played doubles with anybody in a WTA tournament other than Venus. So she's done it before. Venus has never. So I am I am interested like at 37 for her to take that first step out and play with somebody else. I think she just knows she needs some match practice. That's what I think. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. She does need more matches on clay. And I wonder <laughs> that'll be weird to watch or see highlights of anyways. I can't even I, see their place. I'm like, it's just very strange. I know, like, it's it's so, but, I mean, it's two big serves, two big forehands, two power players. Like, I'm excited. Like, I I, I hope they win. I want them to win. Um, I think they both feel like they need match play. Keys has been, uh, like, struggling to win matches a little bit. So it'll be interesting, but I figured you didn't know. So when you mentioned the, the sisters, I was like, I got to throw this in there. So, yes, Venus is playing with Madison Keys this week at Rome in doubles. I cannot wait to see highlights or anything. <clears throat> yeah, that's something to watch. Wow, that's just kind of crazy. I don't know how I feel about it, actually. I think I, I'm kind of upset. <laughs> I know. like I feel like Venus is cheating on Serena. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but look, Serena did it back in 2002. I Serena guess. played with somebody else. Well, we expect that from Serena. Well, look, Venus can't always be the only one that's loyal. Like, I am pretty sure Venus talked to Serena they had the discussion, and Serena was like, you know what, girl, I'm not coming back to the hardcore season, so go ahead and do what you need to do. You're hilarious. That, <laughs> that <laughs> subtle shade you just threw can transition us right into the next topic of uh, conversation. Serena pulled out of Rome. Surprise, surprise. I'm not surprised. Right. And so that prompts the question... Is she going to play at Roland Garros? So let's go, because I want to hear what you got to say, because I know what I think. Well, I know what you think, too, but I don't really know what I... I mean, I know what I think, but I also know what I keep seeing, so they kind of... I don't know. I mean, listen. She's practicing on clay. She has been for a minute. She's been in France, practicing with Patrick, and I just don't feel like she would spend all this time practicing on clay just to not play on clay. I think that she wants to play at the French Open. So I don't think Serena's going to be <clears throat> I don't think Serena's going to be healthy and able to play tennis at any level that's above 50-60%, which I'm sure she's at by now and let a uh let a grand slam go that she's not going to play. Like I just don't see her doing that. So I think that she's going to just go to the French Open and and stunt on y'all. Maybe she want everybody to be surprised when she get there and not know what to expect. But I feel like I mean, we all know her game is still there. She just needed to get more fit, which she obviously has done cuz we've seen pictures and she looks a lot more fit than she did um earlier in the year. <coughs> I feel like she's going to play the French Open. And Patrick <coughs> keeps tweeting RG18. I'm just like I feel like they have a plan. I mean, I don't disagree because I I mentioned the whole I didn't mention that like the whole hashtag RG eighteen and the build up. But I like I don't know like for her to pull out of Madrid and to pull out of Rome, I don't know. 
if Serena wants to make her Grand Slam comeback at a slam where she's not 100% ready. I don't know. I feel... I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. Because I see what you're saying. And she hasn't practiced it on clay. But she, Serena has done this before where she's practiced on clay for Wimbledon. Like, I remember when, when... And she ended up going on to win Wimbledon. I remember she was in France with Patrick, practicing on clay. And then they came over, like, a couple of days or a week before, and she switched to grass. So... I don't, I'm leaning towards she's not going to play the French. I don't think Serena's going to show up to the French Open without match play. Like, which leads me to, like, is she going to show up to Wimbledon without match play? So does that mean is she going to play a, Wim, a grass court to warm-up tournament, which the last time either sister did that was 2011? So then does it take us to the hardcore season? Because she has said that she's going to play the new San Jose tournament, which is it's Bank of West move. So they're in a new location. So she's confirmed that she's going to play that. So I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I'm going to say, excuse me, guys. I'm going to say she's not going to play the French. I'm going to stick with that. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, but I think that's foolish. <laughs> Serena not gonna not play the French Open. She's capable of playing the French Open. So you think she's capable of playing right now, but she's just choosing not to play these tournaments? Of course. What do you think? She's injured? Not injured, but I feel like she doesn't think she's ready. Yeah, but that's but that's an active choice on her part. Not because she couldn't do it. It's because she doesn't think she's ready. I don't think she's gonna let that feeling of not thinking she's ready stop her from going to play a Grand Slam. She didn't play Grand Slams when she wasn't ready before, and she was still able to win. Like I just think she wants to get as in as in the as in best shape as possible, so she can give herself the best. I feel like the fact that Serena has said over and over again like we've heard her say multiple times since she's come back that she is not the mental part that's got her it's the physical part and i think that means that she just wants to be in the best shape and once she gets that back she feels like everything's gonna snap into place or she can play her way into form it's not like if she goes to the french open she's gonna lose in the first round or i mean we we wouldn't think that would happen well, I guess you don't really know. Well, because you don't even know who she's going to play. But whatever. Whatever. I think that she's going to play the French Open. I don't see her going to Wimbledon, waiting until Wimbledon to come back. And then you trying to push it even further, talking about hardcore. That girl is not going to skip two Grand Slams. Okay. We'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see at the French Open. I am not solely convinced but you are 100% right that she has said it's not the mental thing she wanted to like be physically fit and we could all see at Indian Wells and in Miami and when we went to see her at the Fed Cup match we could see that she was not physically where she needed to be like there was clearly still some like baby weight and she had not she hadn't been able to work as long as she wanted to but like I've even sent you some pictures like she looks bomb like that baby weight is like baby who like, she is fit. She looks trim. She looks ready. She got those braids back in. Come on, Compton. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I would like to, but I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be devil's advocate and say she's going to skip the French Open since she skipped these two tournaments and see who's right. Well, I guess we'll see. I hope I'm right because I want to see her play the French. I mean, I want to see her play the French. <clears throat> I'm definitely not saying I don't. Like, I, I miss seeing Serena. Like, I want her to be back playing. So, we'll see. I'll just leave it at that. I'm going to say she's going to skip the French Open. 
All right. Well, time will tell soon because the French isn't very far away. <laughs> yes. Um, guess we can just stay on the Serena train. Just talk about being Serena really quickly since you didn't watch it. Um, oh, shade. That wasn't shade. I just don't want to go into like super detail because you haven't seen me yet. But uh, it was picked up where the last one left off. Serena going into having starting to have complications and then they realized what it was and they had to give her like an emergency c-section and all these other things happen but it was really cute because they were in the they were actually in the delivery room with her when they were doing the c-section and they had like a camera just on serena's face like as they're like cutting her and like pulling the baby out of her you could see her face and um but they you get to see the moment where Serena sees Olympia for the first time, and it is so adorable. Her, her being Serena's face just lights up. It's like the sweetest thing. It really melted my heart. So it's worth watching just to see that moment where Serena saw her child for the very first time. It's like really special that we, even as an audience and as fans, got to have that moment, got to witness that moment with her. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, yes, sorry guys, I did drop the ball this week and I did not get to watch, um, but I will be watching probably later tonight because you just made me not want to see that moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, if it's as good as the first episode from the week before, I know it's going to be really great. And I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad that Serena is a little bit more open and lets us in some of these private moments in her life, because um, she definitely doesn't have to. Um, so like I'm definitely gonna check it out, and I'll probably definitely make sure I watch next week's before the show, so I can actually comment and have more de- in-depth things to say. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm glad she's doing this and letting us see a, a part of her journey to have this adorable bundle of joy that is Alexis Ohana Jr. Yeah, and then it just makes you too um, when you watch you see all that stuff um, appreciate her what it's taken for her to come back like i mean she was really down and out you can see it when you see it like she it's just crazy and then it's like now she's doing all this stuff to try to come back and i wonder how when she does win her next grand slam because i mean she's gonna win another one um if it'll make it rank like to the highest for her because it's just, like, a lot. She went through a lot. So it's like, oh, wow. She went from that to this. And we was trying to rush her to play by Australia. <laughs> it's like, no, she was going through. So and here we are all just like, when's Serena coming back? When's Serena coming back? And she's, like, really over there, like, barely able to get out of bed. So, um, yeah. I mean, it just, it just shows all that she has to go through. Because it's, I really believe that Serena didn't have a difficult delivery. I feel like she would have been back by Australia. Um, like I said, Davenport had a baby and came back fairly quickly. And according to you, Davenport has the athleticism of a leaf. Um, oh my gosh! So <laughs> I will, I will never let you live that down. Just move on. So if Davenport could have done it, I could definitely see Serena doing it as well. But obviously, now that we have more insight, there was a difficult delivery. We understand why it took her so long. Um, so yeah, it's it's really nice getting to that kind of like. Just let let the fans in because we do love Serena as much as we can from a distance. So it's nice to be let in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of just a brief. Sorry. Are I mean... you eating? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. We're so unprofessional. 
I'm so sorry. Who is he? No. I'm not eating anything. I know. Okay, I'm so unprofessional. I apologize. I thought you were going to talk longer, and so I was like, I can finish this before you stop talking, and then you stop talking. So it's like, okay, well, let me try to swallow this ice, and then I'm like almost choked, so it's whatever. Anyway. Well, I apologize for not talking much longer, but yes, thank you, Serena, for letting us in. Yeah. And the next week, we get into kind of the wedding stuff, and... Uh, all that so it'll be interesting and i'm ready to watch and you guys should watch too it comes on wednesday at 10 hbo go uh they should give us money i don't because <laughs> i feel like i work for them when i do that they really um, should i'm gonna eat for them yeah uh what else on the women's i don't really um, care not a long i don't know if we want to talk about it long but um Kvitova won madrid on the women's side um, congratulations She's the first woman to win Madrid three times. There were a couple of women who won it twice. Um, Simona Halep, who was actually the defending champion, um, she won the last two years, so she had the chance. So congrats to Kvitova. Um is kind of on my radar because this is the second time she's won back-to-back tournaments and been on a winning streak like this. She won Prague the week before Madrid, and she pulled out of Rome, saying that she needs to like rest, obviously. Um, but I feel like Kvitova might be on some kind of run this year. She's also the first person to win four titles. She's back in the top ten solidly because um, she was returning from injury. Um, she came back, I want to say, last year at the French. So she seems to be playing the Kvitova way and winning. So I'm interested to see what she does at the French Open. Well, we know my thoughts on her she hits the ball harder than anybody i've seen so she can do whatever she wants i wouldn't be surprised if she is about to go on a run i also wouldn't be surprised if for some reason she just stops playing well i mean you never really know but she definitely has the game to do all the things that you just talked about yes i mean once she has her head together um she definitely should be a consistent force to reckon with but when she goes off she just goes off exactly Uh, but she seems to have been on more than on this year. Did you so say it'll be on more than on. Sorry, she's been on more than off this year, like winning back-to-back titles, something she's never done before. And it, like, it's not actually like necessarily just winning them in dominant fashion. She's had some tough three setters. Like this, this Madrid final. If you have not, if you didn't watch a match, you didn't see the highlights. Please watch it. It was like amazing tennis. Like, winners left and right, points left and right. And Kvitova was about done in that third set. But, like, that's one thing I've noticed about Kvitova. When she's about out of energy, she just starts ripping the ball harder and going for the lines more. And when she's on, like, that stuff just hits the line. And she, because she was down to breaking the third. Like, I watched some of it. Like, it was beautiful, beautiful tennis. Um, And she said before, she doesn't know what it is, but when she gets to a final... She just has more energy. Like, I mean, well, she has more desire to win, which, shade, girl. She was like, she was like, I just don't feel like we win. I'm in early in the tournament. <laughs> um, but she said when she gets to a final, like, it's really hard to beat her because she's putting all the work to get there, and she wants that win. And you can tell. Like, she refused to lose. So um, people are picking her and Pliskova, or Pliskova to be the two favorites. Um, they both have had dominant click or season, so it'll be interesting. Her Pliskova, Kvitova, Pliskova, Burton's, and 
there's one other person that had a really steady clay court season. I'll see what they do at the French. But yeah, those two are the top favorites. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's Are there any favorites? I guess. I mean, if you have to pick two people, uh-huh. I suppose those two are the best two to pick. But I just feel I like that's anime... a fair question. Huh? I, said, I guess that's a fair question. Like, the word favorite. <laughs> I just feel like ain't nobody really been as emerged this year as, like, the standout player on the women's side. And so, I mean, that's not necessarily so a bad sad. thing. I don't think it's a horrible thing. It's, like, an interesting thing. We don't know what's going to happen. That's exciting, I, mean, I guess. I get that, but then it's also, like, like, Wozniacki won the Australian Open and has literally done nothing after. Like, I'm not saying she has to win everything, but I just there's no consistency... I, I don't know, like her and I just I don't know. I mean, it is exciting, but I don't. I wish there was some more consistent. Like you were the you won the first Grand Slam of the year. Like her and Halep have been fighting back and forth between one and two, but neither one of them have done anything worth talking about since the Australian Open. We all the top two players in the world. I don't know. I uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated <laughs> conversation, convoluted. Um, it's a kind of a catch-22. It's, I mean, it's good either way to have some dominant players or to have a mixed bag. It's not like the people that are winning are horrible and inconsistent. They're just not, like, dominant, which is what we've grown accustomed to because of Serena. Um, we're used to, like, one person kind of just owning all the bags. Uh, but now it's kind of mixed out. It's spread out, and I don't know. I kind of like it a little bit. I mean, I'm ready for Serena to come back and own it all again, but it's interesting to not know what's going to happen each week, who to watch or who's going to lose. I kind of like it. But, I mean, I'm not even saying people got to own all the bags. Like, but there's just... Like, even, like, when Azarenka was dominant, or even when Sharapova was dominant, no one was dominant like Serena when she was just winning everything almost. But you could count on Azarenka or a Sharapova or an Enna or a Clyde, like at least making it to the semis or finals, like being factors in these tournaments. Like the top two players in the world have not been factors in any of the tournaments since Australia. Like I'm not saying they haven't won everything. I, that, that's not what I'm looking for because I do like the mixture. Like sometimes on the men's side, it, it does get boring when it's just Federer or Nadal, Federer or Nadal. Better earn it. I get that. But, like, how are you the top two players? And in February, March, April, May, going into June, you haven't been a factor in any of these tournaments. Like, you haven't made the quarters, semis. The, neither one of them have been in the semis or a finals since making it to the finals of Australia. That stuff is just like, come on, y'all. But, I mean, I get, I don't know. It's a soapbox that I can go on forever. Um,. But like you said, I guess it does lead to some kind of interest because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. It's a, it's a, it's a like what's going on. It's not what we're used to. It's not what we've seen in the past. Um, we always know that people, you know, it's no surprise when people win their first Grand Slam and then fall off. I'm not shocked by that. Uh, maybe a little bit more surprised by Halep and the fact that she... Hasn't really, you know, been consistent. Uh, I mean, 
that's more surprising to me than the Wozniacki thing. But they are still the one and two player in the world, and you can't ever count them out. I mean, I don't know. It's what I, it's such a weird conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a mixed bag of tricks. Like, I'm not like it's just weird. Like, I didn't expect her to be su- supremely dominant. But I just expected more because she did well last year. She was making it to a lot of finals. It is what it is. Like I just, those two just have not been factors, and I think it's weird because they keep passing the number one two and two back and forth, but they're not really doing anything. So it is. That's just my own soapbox. So I'll get off of my soapbox. I mean, it's a good soapbox. It's a valid one for sure. Um, what? Else? Uh, I mean, it's kind of just a room. Sharapova was playing and had some wins, and then she lost. So. Yay. Um, but, you know, she always brings a bit of intrigue to a tournament, especially on clay, which could be arguably her best surface, I guess. I don't know. Oh, man. I just, I just think it speaks to how we don't have any true click or players on the women's side. Uh, right. Uh, but I think she, if she plays the French Open, she's one to watch as well. Yeah. So She feels like, she feels like she, excuse me, guys, like she's getting it back. Um she said she felt good in Rome. I mean, Madrid. So we'll see if she can take this moving forward. Yeah. Um, I think it's all like... Oh, there was the thing that you sent me about. Um, Vinci is apparently retiring after after Rome next week. So I guess whenever... Yeah. Her last she had made match. that official... La- she made that official last year that that was going to be her last tournament because she wanted to retire in front of her hometown fans. That's appropriate. Uh, so like, I knew it was coming up, but I forgot. Like, obviously, I'm not like a Vinci fan. Um, but yeah, she's gonna be retiring next week. So I wish her well. You know, yeah. she talked about like she's done a lot in her career. Yeah, let's guess what her um, biggest moment is. Anybody? Because I was not surprised. Can anybody remember that? <laughs> that little time where she stopped Serena from winning the calendar year Grand Slam out of nowhere in the semis of the U.S. Open. Anybody? I just want to, I just want to point out how big of a deal that was, and clearly, like this girl has been number one in the world in doubles. She's won numerous Grand Slam doubles titles. She's won Olympic medals. She's won Fed Cup four times, and the moment of her career was beating Serena Williams in the semifinals of the U.S. Open, and not even winning the tournament. Not she girl, lost. She didn't even win the tournament. And that's insane. Like, I bet I don't like, blame her. When I read that, it, it made sense to me, and I get it, but it's like you have accomplished so much. But it just shows how important the sisters are, and it's like, especially Serena, like, is to these girls. Like, that is the standout moment in your career when you've done so many other things that are worth, like, how many people have not won a Fed Cup title? You've won it four times. How many people have not won any, like, Olympic medals, you've won some. How many people have not won a Grand Slam of any kind? You've won. She has a career Grand Slam in doubles. How many players have not gotten to number one at, at of any kind? You've been number one in the world in doubles. Like, all of those things are amazing. But the standout moment in your career is beating Serena in the semifinals of a tournament that you didn't even win. You better let the world know who the GOAT is. I mean, it was the U.S. Open. It's a match that she wasn't supposed to win. I mean, it was a match that was 
I mean, turned out at the, before the match started, we thought it was going to be fairly routine and insignificant, but it turned out to be a very big. Yeah, it's, I mean, it goes down in history because it stops Serena from doing something that, that she was so very close to doing, and that's something she will have to work really hard to be able to put herself in the position to do again. And we nobody saw it coming, so. I mean, I can kind of understand it because it was, a, it's kind of, I mean, it's a moment in the history of tennis for sure. More so than any of those other things you just named. I mean, I know that she's done all those things, but I couldn't tell you when they happened or what year it was. But I will never forget the U.S. Open of 2015. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it makes sense. And she shouldn't have lost that match. She shouldn't even have been in the semifinals. Um, so I. I get why it was a big deal, but it just shows the impact that Serena has on the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, she's the giant. And when you get to beat her, especially when you've never beaten her before, I'm sure you will always remember. Who, how many people can say that they've beaten Serena Williams when she was at the top of her? You know what I mean? Like she was in yeah. peak form. I mean, on maybe playing the best that she's been, she's ever played. Not in that particular match, obviously, but. <laughs> In, in overall, I mean, that's true. Serena had won four slams in a row, so she was on a sh- like, I get it. She I stopped get it. that from happening. Yeah, that's did. a big moment. <laughs> the thing is, like, her name, Vinci put, and you know what, the thing is, like, Vinci put her name down in history yeah. in that moment way more than anything else that she accomplished. Because we will forever talk about Roberta Vinci stopping the possibility of that Grand Slam more than we will talk about her winning doubles Grand Slams or winning the Fed Cup. Like, you're right, because every time Serena's name comes up and that possibility of that slam comes up, we're going to talk about for the rest of tennis time yeah. that Roberta Benchy was the one that stopped her. I mean, it, so you're yeah, right. Yeah, it's a it's a historic moment. <laughs> it's a whole... The whole thing. Serena's going to be talking about it for years. Vinci will be talking about it for years. It's like, we will all be ta- Like, it's just a thing. So, yeah. So, I, I get why. But it's, it's... I'm sad to see her go. I like Vinci. It's like she's a scrappy player. Um, so, hopefully she can have a good run here. But it's nice that she gets to retire in front of her home home crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully she has a good tournament. But, yeah, shout out to her and... Look, you you played in the pro tour. How many of us don't make it? Right. So, and I love that she and she played a very old school game. Um, so shout out to her um, and her career. Yeah. Have a great post tennis uh, life. Even though she said that she may uh, coaching may be in her future, she's not sure yet. So we may see her sitting in the stands teaching somebody else how to slay giants. <laughs> uh. That's all I got for this week as far as what's happening this week in tennis, unless you have something else. That's all I got, too, so I'm ready for these questions. Yeah. So these this, um, these questions come to you from the WTA. No, that's wrong. Well, they are WTA-related questions, but I actually got them from this quiz on tennis.com. Um so the quiz is about clay court knowledge. So how strong is your WTA clay court knowledge? So I'm going to ask you some of the questions. I'll just go through three of them on here. And then uh, there are multiple choice. So I'll give you choices. And then you tell me who you think. And uh, there's six total. So we can, we could do all of them if you want. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So the first one, 
And again, I was going to fully say, I don't know the answers to these questions. I'm going to click on what you say, and then it'll tell me if you're right or wrong. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. I mean, we can go back and forth about it if you want to see who who's right. What's the question? Okay. Can you excuse you? I'm just saying I'm ready. Lord, you're so competitive. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot deal. This is what, like, I bet Serena, this has Serena be at. Which active player had the best clay court win percentage? And the percentage is 0.818. I don't ever know what that means. Um, here are they your options. 1% of that matches. They did what? They won 81% of their clay court matches. Why is it 0. 0.81? 0. 0.81? Yeah, 0. 0.818. So Why that don't they just say 81.8%? I don't know, because they want to be specific. So you round up is 82%. So why don't it just say 82% instead of writing I don't writing know how to point. write the article, but that's what it means. They've won 82% of their... Anyway, their... do you want the choices or not? Do you? I can look at it. I'm reading it. Okay, then let's go. All right, so you got Yelena Yankovic, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, or Maria Sharapova. Who has the highest winning clay, like of active players? Which active player has the best clay court win percentage? Yankovic, Serena... Venus or Sharapova? Yankovic, Serena, Venus, or Sharapova? It's not Yankovic. It's not Venus. Mm. I'm going to say... First of all, is Yankovic even still active? Um, I'm going to say so I don't waste dead space. I don't know. I feel like... It should be Serena, but Sharapova has become like a beast on clay. Active. I'm going to go out and, you know, I'm going to say Serena because I never want to vote against her. Okay, so you say Serena. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, let's see if you're right or wrong. Is Sharapova? Sharapova. I knew it, but I will never vote it. I will never pick Sharapova's name over Serena. I don't care if I'm even if you it. know the truth. Even if I know the truth, never. Oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. Um, I figured it was Sharapova because she's become a clay girl beast, but I will never pick her over the Williams sisters. So next question. Next question. We putting a time limit on these questions. I'm gonna okay. hum the I'm gonna hum the Jeopardy theme song while you sitting there trying to come up with your answer. Okay. All right. Who has won the most matches on clay? 172 is the total. Annabelle Medina Garrigues, Flavia Panetta, Svetlana Kuznetsova, or Serena Williams. Do you want me to read it again? Who has won the most matches on clay? Right. You want me to read the choices again? Oh, and they've won 172 matches? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think any of those names were going to come up. Okay. okay. Medina Garrigues, Serena Williams, and who? Panetta or Kuznetsova. Medina Garrigues. Medina Garrigues is his answer, and he is correct. Woo! (laughs) You're so funny. All right, next question. Which two active players are tied for winning the most clay court titles? Okay, listen to the choices carefully. I'm only going to read them once. Okay, Shay. Yelena Yankovic and Maria Sharapova. No. Flavia Panetta and Maria Sharapova. 
Maybe. Serena Williams and Annabelle Medina Garriguez. Yes. Serena Williams and Venus Williams. Serena Williams mm-hmm. and. Ooh. Serena Williams and oh, ooh. no! Your time is up. Answer now. D. Well, who is that? Serena Williams and Venus Williams. Eh. Is it Serena and Medina Garrigas? Yes, Serena I Williams is Adina. I knew it. <laughs> Annabelle Medina Garrigas. Oh, I knew it! I knew it because if you like when you play this back and you said Serena and Medina Garrigas, I said yes. I knew it was those two, but I was like. If they put Venus, maybe whatever. Never mind. I knew it was those. So I should have stuck with my gut. Next question. Okay. <clears throat> this one I think is easy. You'll know this for sure. I think. Who has won the most singles titles at the French Open? I probably won't even have to give you choices. Do I? Okay. Who On has the women's side active players? N- no, just in t- oh. just in history. Oh, Chris Everett. Okay. The choices are Serena Williams, Chris Everett, Martina Navratilova, to, lo, blah blah, Navratilova, or Martina Hingis. You said Chris, Chris Everett. Everett. Seven times. Right. Correct. Even I knew that one. <laughs> I was like, he'll get this one for sure. All right. Next. Oh, I'm so mad about the last question. Whatever. Let it go. Okay. Who is the most recent player to win the French Open without losing a set? Justine Inna, Serena Williams. Sharapova or Chris Everett? Who is the most recent player to win the French Open without losing a set? Justine Inna, Inna Serena, Sharapova, or Everett? Alright, let's see. You are incorrect. It is oh, Justine I, Inna. I, uh, <laughs> I suck this week. I thought it was her. <laughs> I suck this week. That's so funny. You picture a pova over Serena. <laughs> well, I, well, the, re, the I, uh, I did say I would never. But exactly. I knew it wasn't Serena because the last time Serena won it was in 2000. I know her, her matches. And when she went in 2015, she lost five sets. And then when she won in 2013, I do remember she lost a set to Kuznetsova where she almost lost a match, actually. So I knew it wasn't Serena. And I feel like I was like, why Sharapova somehow win this French Open without dropping a set? That's what I thought her. But I should have known better. All right, final question. I'm like two for four, aren't I? Yeah, you've only oh. gotten two. Gosh, I should have got the Medina question right. Yeah, you should have went with your gut instinct. I know. You got to trust your gut. Yeah, always trust your gut. Always trust your gut. Somebody has like good advice. <laughs> Whatever. Shut up. <clears throat> All right. Which tournament was Yelena Ostapenko's first career title? French Open. Oh, that was easy. That's such <laughs> an easy one. I don't even want to give you credit for that. Correct. It was her. The harder one would have been what's her second tournament. I know, right? That's why I should have read it before I even asked the question. I would have just skipped this one altogether because that's too easy. Um, yeah, so French Open was her first title, which is still very crazy to me. I can't get over it. 
Um, so yeah, that was the questions for this week. You did good. No, actually, you did pretty bad, but it's fine. I mean, These were 50%, hard. Fifty <laughs> percent. I got three out of three. I sh- I'm only mad about the Medina Wieners one. I should have got that on Serena. I'm ugh, mad about that, but fifty percent is not bad. No, it's not bad. Fifty okay, percent is horrible. Yeah, it means you failed, but it's okay. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it for this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed that show. Uh, I hope you guys were able to play along and answer the questions. I wonder how many of you knew more than he did. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back next week and we'll talk about what happens in Rome and the next episode of being Serena. And maybe uh, we'll see Venus for more than five minutes this time. Yes. Uh, so thanks guys again for listening. Shout out to everybody out there. And as I always say, Enjoy, have a great week. Enjoy it and buckle up. Why do you say that? Because it's safe. People need to buckle up. People out here not buckling up. Buckling up what? What? Buckle up in the car. Buckle up your thoughts. Buckle up your life. Buckle up your phone. Just buckle up. It's such a safe thing. So just buckle up. So you mean it's like a life metaphor? Yes, like buckle up. Just buckle, like just brace yourself. Just always brace yourself because you never know what life is going to throw at you. So just all like buckle up. So you just want people to be on edge for no reason all the time. I'm not saying being on edge when you're driving in your car, you're not on edge, but you you don't you buckle up because you know like you got to be prepared. You always got to be prepared. So I want y'all to buckle up, but also make sure you buckle up when you're in your car. All right. Uh. Yeah. Okay, guys. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.